the National Coronavirus Command Council has decided to enforce a nationwide lockdown for 21 days. As the world has to physically distance to save itself, we need to get closer to God. Come, you're welcome to a place where we discuss the world's events through the lens of scripture. You're welcome to this public square gathering. Hi, let, let me go. Let me let me get it going, bro. Um, of time and stuff like that. So I guess I've been tasked to speak on um, art and the gospel. Um, for me, I guess the challenge is, you know, speaking on something that, you know, many of us, I guess, are totally, you know, familiar with. And, you know, I have dug in, you know, over and over and over again. Um, so, you know, there's nothing new that I think I'm going to say, but I guess for the sake of those that, you know, um, of course, who are still on, and as this has been recorded, you know, um, um, wherever it will be, like, uploaded, be it Facebook or, or any other platform, you know, I'll just build a case um, as to, you know, how they mash up, if I may say. Uh, and my intention also is is more so, I guess, to, you know, uh, and just to be clear, to be, to encourage people, you know, uh, who are doing, you know, um, using their art for the gospel and, you know, to bring, bring glory to, the, to God, um, just to keep on going. So that's what I want this thing to be about, not necessarily just about, you know, this is art, the gospel, this is how they mash up, there you go, type, type thing. So, um, to start off, got to ask, like, okay, what what is art? You know, and um, you can Google it, you can look online anywhere, look in a dictionary. And, you know, art is, you know, the expression in a nutshell of one's creativity. It is the expression of one's creativity. So, you know, if this is the case, then that means everything that is created is art. Everything that is is you know art basically um and examples i can give you for most of y'all in yeah i guess are sitting on chairs or couches or something like that um that you are benefiting off the creative expression of someone else i don't know if you understand what i what i mean when i say that somebody created that chair for you to sit on you look at architecture you in a home or you know you travel to different parts of the world um there's certain types of beautiful architectures you'll see and buildings and that's all creative expression it's all art it's all um, 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 um as i said creative expression phones the laptops the things that we're using to communicate with each other there's apple there's samsung they've got different designs different features it's all creative expression you know as far as i i'm concerned vehicles languages what you know all of these things are all creative expression. Actually putting a talk together, in a sense, that is an art as well, because you know, not just everybody can do public speaking. You have to learn the art of public speaking, the art of preaching, you know. So you catch my drift, I'm sure. Even studying the Bible, there's like an art to it. So you just don't pick it up and, and take it. There's a certain way you've got to study to understand it, you know. Um, yeah, so everything, Every form, I would say, of expression uh, is art, be it functional, 
as I as I was saying, like share the home you live in or experiential, you know, be it music you listen to, you know, movies that are created, whatever it might be, it's all art. And I think the lack of understanding of this comes from, you know, uh, of things all being art comes from, uh, or the confusion comes from uh, us, I guess, uh, society compartmentalizing everything. You know, everything is partition. This is art, that's not art, you know. Um, that is something else that is, but all of it is, is actually art if you, really take a step back and look at you know things for what they are everything created is artistic expression so when we come to that how then does the gospel come into the picture and um this is where i was smiling earlier on when cicely was talking because like colossians 1 15 to 20 that is just like my my favorite scripture and the scripture that i mean i use as a basis for you know, how you can marry these two. And um, it reads, I know he didn't read the whole thing, but like it reads, it says that he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. And he, this is he being Jesus. For by him, all things were created, okay? In heaven and on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and by him. So it tells us that all things were created by him, okay? All things started with him. And it says all things were created. So that's a form of exp artistic expression. Then it says all things were created through him. And when it says through him, this tells us that he is the source and the means by which all things are. So through him, he is the source. It starts with him and the means through by which all things are. And then it says and for him. And um, this also speaks of him in the purpose of all things that are created. To give him glory is the end goal of our artistic expression of everything that is created is to give him glory. So he's the one that creates it. He's the one that maintains it. And then he's the one that receives the glory from it. Your guys are with me. So it goes on then to say, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn of the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent, being over all things, sovereign over all things. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of Jesus. And this basically, you know, it's quite straightforward there that, you know, be it that all things were created through him, for him, by him, then, you know, through the blood of Jesus Christ, he reconciled all these things, everything back to him. And um, this pretty much means that, you know, um, um, that once again, that we can display the beauty of, you know, uh, that things that were created, we can display the beauty of which they were created for. As you know, it is, we are living in a fallen world, in a fallen state. But we Christians, as you know, Sita was saying, can go into everything and go and um, 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 use everything, I guess, for his glory and restore that beauty. So as Sita said, and you know, it was also one of my points, when the Bible says all things, all things means all things. And you know, they, it doesn't just mean some things or these things, not those things. It means everything. 
And um, this includes artistic expression. So it is part of the whole things that are being spoken about. And I would say then this thing gives us the license and the liberty to use our form of artistic expressions for the glory of God and for the advancement of his kingdom. So how does art and the gospel line up? It's because God is sovereign, according to the scripture, over all things, including our artistic expressions. And that means that our artistic expression has to bow to his rule. Basically, how we use our artistic gifts should be the way that he determines, um, regardless of what society thinks about it, following it. And the second point I want to I just uh, make as well is because God is the great artist, period. You know, you look at the first line of the Bible, you know, it says, in the beginning, God created. In the beginning, God created. And as we, you know, say, what is art? If art is the expression of one's creativity, uh, then everything that is, is his artistic masterpiece. So to top it off, and, you know, this is a crazy thing. He has given us 66 creatively written books that, you know, are all about this gospel that we advocate and live for. You look at, you know, things like the names from Adam to Noah. It's all about the gospel. You look at the meanings. You look at, you know, when man fell and Adam and Eve fell and how God, you know, um, sh shed the blood of an animal and used the, the, the animal skins to cover their shame. It's all about the gospel. You look at, you know, uh, the story of Noah, you know, um, that's really all about the gospel. You look at the story of Joshua. It's all about the gospel. You know, God telling David that he's going to have, you know, a son, someone that's going to sit you know, in his line, that's going to sit on the throne forever and ever. It's all about the gospel. You know, I can go on and on and on. And there's many, many, many you know, uh, examples of these uh, hidden or subtle, if I may say, truths there. Uh, and how God is pointing people to the gospel through all these different means and different stories and different writers, whether they knew or didn't really know about, you know, and life stories of these people in history. Only someone who has a creative mind can do such a thing. You know, we always talk about artists who make certain songs, but that song has an underlying meaning. And throughout the scriptures, if you follow the whole story of redemption and the cross and how it points back, you know, it's God always like giving a story or an underlining, you know, ex artistic example or story of how he's going to come and save us through, you know, the cross. And um, I'd say that secondly, he is the artist and all art then should bow their knee to him. So the two things is, of course, God is sovereign over everything. And why? Because he is the um, um, chief artist, the artist, period, you know. And um, I guess my encouragement now would be, you know, uh, Revelations 12, 11. And uh, the scripture is usually used as, as a preamble, I guess, to, you know, the presentation of testimonies in many, in many churches. You know, um, you know how it is, like uh, uh, 
they always say, hey, they overcame, you know, the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony. So come and give your testimonies, you know. But like, if you really look at the context here, you know, this is all about the ultimate victory of the believers over the enemy through the blood of Jesus, yes. And the testimony part is, you know, the unwavering commitment to him, regardless of the circumstances surrounding them. You know, this was not about, I didn't pay my rent, my rent was paid. So, you know, I overcame him by the blood of the, my testimony because my rent came no, this was uh, you standing before some king that wants to kill you because you stand for Jesus and he is uh, asked you that question and you stand there and you say, my testimony is that I'm a believer and I'm willing to die for this. This was the testimony that they overcame the enemy with. And that's what the scriptures pretty much mean. So what I want to bring home and like kind of land the point where it applies to you know, us here is that you know many of us by simply repping the gospel I guess through our art means that you know there's so far that we are going to go you know and in this industry and that's the reality of it you know um, the reality of it is that certain doors are not going to be open to us because of who we represent the scripture is clear if you didn't know, John 15, 18 to 25, it reads, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of this world, but I chose you out of this world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they also will persecute you. If they, keep, uh, if they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now, they have seen and hated both me and my father. But the word that is written in the law must be fulfilled. They hated me without cause. And here's the thing. It's, it's, it's quite straightforward. Jesus used, they hated me. They hated me. They're going to hate you. No matter what I did, even I did miracles among them, they hated me. And, you know, I think we, there's, there's often this, this, this idea that maybe, you know, um, um, if we do this or do that, maybe the world won't hate us anymore. But the fact that we are of Christ, the world is going to hate us, whether we are explicit uh, about the gospel or not so explicit. The world is simply going to hate us when, you know, they, when we finally reveal to them we are, you know, of Christ. And um, what we need to understand, I guess, here is that the victory is not the doors opening. And these are the little carrots that are always dangled in front of artists. The victory isn't the doors opening. The victory isn't the, you know, the awards and all these, these nice things, but not ultimate things. The victory is not that thing. The victory is your unwavering commitment to your father and to the faith and to the gospel. That is the victory. And wow. in the grand scheme of things, that the ultimate thing you know that we that pays off that's the thing of ultimate value in the grand scheme of things so when we talk about art and the gospel 
you know, we, we do this simply because God is sovereign over our artistic expression. We do this because he is the chief artist. And we simply got to hold on to that commitment, you know, to him and to what he's called us to do. Even if it means that, you know, um, um, we pretty much don't reach the heights that we could reach artistically if we were to switch up and do stuff, I guess, the way the world would want us to do it, should I say. So um, that's pretty much it from me. That's my, my few cents on art and gospel. That's cool. Um, I hope serves you guys. And uh, over to you, Greg. Cool. Here's a question, bro. Uh, that is so dope, man. Uh, the question is, practically, do you have any suggestions of how we can use our time now, create creativity to glorify God? So while in lockdown, how can we use uh, our time creatively? Um, so I guess, you know, it's, it's, it's simply doing, you know, like, like I think Black said it also, yeah, when he said if, if we need to get creative, we need to start doing stuff. It's just doing what you were meant to do. You know, uh, a, a car drives, a wheel turns, you know, and there's a quote, I guess I said a while ago, and I didn't know it actually hit people so hard. Like, um, if I'm not creating, I'm dying. You know, you're not growing, you're dying. If I'm not creating as a creative person, then I'm dying. So what I need to be doing is creating, period. You know, um, um, I love what, and just want to shout out CJ, I love what they did, you know, on, on, on his Facebook with people from different areas of South, in South Africa and, you know, everyone's yeah. together. Someone's playing drums. Someone's, you know, doing stuff, singing there. CJ is also singing. Someone's playing bass. Like those types, you know, people have absolutely nothing to do now. And this is like yeah. the best time reaching people without actually being, you know, close to people. Usually, when things are working, you know, we never get to have certain eyes and ears in one place but right now people got nothing to do and stuff like that the content that's online and you know uh, and like just creative stuff that you know just like what cj did and you know what a lot of other guys are doing those are the type of things i feel like we just need to jump on you know so sure. yeah just get creative don't sit and wait for tomorrow 